for pressing play on the BizTalk 518 podcast. I'm your host, Leo Quinn. My guest today is Kiera Jones, also known as the Shine Strategist. We'll talk with Kiera about her journey to entrepreneurship from corporate America. Thanks to our sponsor, the Referral Department. If you're in business or sales and aren't getting the number of referrals you think you should be, contact the Referral Department. They'll help you turn referrals into a regular, dependable income stream. Get more information at thereferraldepartment.com. And now, what's the name of my guest again? So my name is Kira Jones. Um, what I do basically, as I like to say, is help women monetize their shine. Okay. And so what that means, though, is um, I work primarily with women who have either been in corporate America or, um, you know, they've had years of experience but don't quite understand how to package it in their own brand mm-hmm. or don't have the mindset to package it in their own brand. So we do a lot of mindset and strategy work to help women package their expertise and gifts and, you know, geniuses, as I like to say, and build the mindset to really build that brand, get visible, get known, um, market and sell, you Mm -hmm. know, so a lot of women sometimes feel I have this expertise, but it's only good for my corporate job or it's only good. You know, I can do it for family for free. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Nope, you need to get paid (laughs) and it should be your own brand. So, um, my belief is every woman with some level of expertise, like even if you work full time, create a consulting or coaching or speaking business where you're able to leverage that expertise to bring in an additional stream of income or a few. Um, so in short, we do a lot of branding, consulting, um, and packaging and business model work with our clients. And then there's this whole amazing mindset level of it. Mm -hmm. Um, that I'll be honest when I first started, because I was so into the strategy part of it from my corporate background, I didn't realize how much of the mindset really played the part for a lot of women and men Mm -hmm. as well. But obviously for me working so much with women, so many things come up, um, around, can I really do this? Or Mm -hmm. am I going to have to give up family time or just all different types of things. And so really bringing the mindset and the strategy to, um, be combined and really help them take their expertise, package it and really position it in their business in a powerful way. And you've got a great brand yourself. Well, thank the you. The Shine Stylist. Yeah, Shine Strategist. Yeah. Strategist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It is. Sorry. <laughs> you know why? Because there's a business in Glens Falls ca- called Shine Style Boutique. There is, and yes. we have met. Yes. Jen Dennis. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, I used I have a little passion about salons and uh-huh. all types of things. And so we met, and I was like, oh my God, and my necklace, it says Shine. I'm like, I'm a, you know, my, my thing is Shine. So huh? she's also I've met okay. a couple of her team members too. Well, let's go back a bit. Where are you? Where were you born? Where are you from? Where? How did you get into all oh, this? Oh gosh, I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> so originally I'm from New Jersey. Um, I was born, you know, in a single parent household. Um, my dad wasn't really present in my life. Um, you know, our environment wasn't necessarily the most um, energizing space mm-hmm. um, and most inspiring space. And so, you know, I saw a lot of violence and a lot of drugs and all types of things um, in, in North New Jersey is where I was born. And so um, one thing I'm very grateful for, though, is my mom was all about education. So, you know, we came home, school was everything in our household. Um, you know, my brother, I love to say he graduated like number three in his class. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, so it was it was very, very important for us. So I'm so grateful that I had that background because there was a lot of kids that I grew up with who didn't have that. And right. education wasn't a thing for them. So um, being raised by a single mom, when I was 15, we moved to Virginia. My mom wanted to give us a different life. And um, so it was very interesting to go from like 15 minutes outside of New York Mm -hmm. in North New Jersey to like the suburbs of Virginia. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) What's going on? Like one drop of snow. And they're like, no snow. And I'm like, "Uh, okay. 
Um, but but it was really great. So I spent high school there, went to college there. So I'm like from New Jersey slash Virginia. And then from there, oh my goodness, I've moved so much. Um, when I was 18, I started doing internships every single summer. Um, one thing for me was one, I needed the money. Mm-hmm. But um, I always said, you know, why do you sit around for the summer? You should always be going, going, going. So I used to be a very just like go, go, go type of girl, uh, which has helped me in in entrepreneurship. Um, But yeah, so I went to college in Harrisonburg, Virginia. So about um, an hour, hour and a half south of D.C. and then an hour and a half west of of, uh, Richmond to give a perspective. Um, and then from there, I just have kind of moved all over with my corporate job. So that's kind of childhood in a. What kind of job. internships were you getting? Yeah. So um, I came into college knowing I, I love people. I've always loved people, and so um, I discovered that my university had a major hospitality and tourism management, and you could also get your business degree within that major as well. So right. I could get both, and that was what I wanted. So my internships, um, I thought I was going to run hotels and yeah. um, country clubs, and I just love traveling. So much and so um, I interned I worked with Club Corps which is I used to call it like the Marriott version of country clubs okay so like at the time I don't know this was years ago but at the time I think they had like 300 or something country clubs around Mm -hmm. the country that they um, owned and managed so I worked with them I've worked with Marriott I've worked with Hershey so I lived in Hershey Pennsylvania I actually lived in Milton Hershey's one of his original houses really wow I did with 17 other girls that's how big it was (laughs) Um, and so that was really really cool um so yeah, just just in the hospitality industry from all ends of the the uh, spectrum, and um, my last position introduced me to General Mills, which was um, the company that I had been with, you know, primarily uh, most of my twenties. And um, it was very interesting because I got to see the hospitality industry from the operations side. Mm-hmm. And General Mills, you know, we know them for Cheerios and Nature Valley and all these kinds of things. But um, obviously, if you go to a hotel or if you go to um, an amusement park or if you go to a, a hospital or school, you still see the same products there. And so it's like, oh, how do the products get there? Yeah. And so I managed within that division. Um, so something called convenience and food service, which was how do we get our retail products in bulk mm-hmm. to hospitality operations? hotel operations, hospitals, places outside of home and retail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I worked in that capacity. I moved like every 13 to 19 months. Um, wow. Since I was 19 years old, I lived in Minnesota twice. I lived in New York. I lived in um, Atlanta, uh, a few other places. And so um, by the time I got to New York, I kind of was in a space, as I mentioned before, of like, okay, I want to kind of sit down <laughs> um, and, and take a, you know, relax a little bit. But so grateful for the background that I was able to have from the hospitality front of house perspective and then to be behind the scenes on more of the consulting side Mm -hmm. um, to work with you know hotels and other brands and businesses to basically grow their business utilizing our general most brands which we have like hundreds well you know hundreds of brands sure Um, and so that was really cool to to support the industry that I love so much Mm -hmm. from a consulting Mm -hmm. standpoint let's go back a little bit to your schooling do you have your favorite subject back then oh gosh I would say and, and before high school math, but when I got into college, um, there was like a, a pre-philosophy class. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mark Warner, Dr. Mark Warner at JMU was my professor. And um, it was like my introduction to mindset because mm-hmm. I had never heard about it before. But um, that I wish I had had that my entire school year. But like um, his class all about mindset and personal development oh, it was so amazing. So at first it was math and then it transitioned to like personal development. And JMU was? James Madison University. University in right. Harrisonburg, Virginia. Okay. Go yeah. Dukes. 
did you have a, any hobbies when you were a kid? What was your what oh, did you goodness. you couldn't look at your phone coming home from oh, school? Oh gosh, yeah, no phones. What was that? Yeah, I didn't yeah. get a phone until like I went to high school. <laughs> um, and I still had a flip one. There you go. Uh, for me, you know. I always have this vision of me as a kid because I was such a dreamer. Okay. You know, so I was the kid who was watching Oprah with my mother at 4 p.m. every single every day, day after okay. school. And I would <laughs> sit at the end of her bed with my <laughs> hands on my chin and just kind of look. And so I just was always like a dreamer. I love like um, celebrities and like people like Oprah. And um, I had this closet in my bedroom and I would go in there and I had, if you remember the like clip on light, like, yes. the, you know, clap on light. Oh, yes. And um, it was in my bedroom closet, and I had this like purple bin. I put a cute pillow on it, and I would sit there. I would journal. I would sing. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't like a music magnet program for three years, where we put on plays and we sung. And so I would just, I was like the kid who was so okay with being by myself, and I would just have my journal. I would sing, write poetry, like you know, write music, whatever, whatever I would do in that little space. But that's yeah. like the big thing. Other than that, I really loved watching cooking shows. Like, really? yeah, I, I was a fan of Rachel Ray before. Where she was like Rachel okay. Ray of today. And she's from here. I don't know. If she is. Lake yeah, Price Chopper. Yeah. Um, it's uh, there's actually a cooking class that they do in, at the Price Chopper in Latham, uh -huh. and I think it's the only one they still do the cooking class in okay. um, next to like across kind of from the Walmart uh, and near like the Hobby Lobby. Mm -hmm. um, and they mentioned that like that's the one I believe she used to like start her cooking classes yes, at. So yeah. that's the only one they Channel still do. Channel Six she was on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so cool. So yeah, I used to love Rachel Ray. I had like a notebook because we didn't have a printer and back then there was no go online and find recipes. So I had a notebook and I would journal them. My brother used to hate it. He would be like, "Can you turn?" now please <laughs> so yeah I loved cooking I love I love now that I think about it more like lifestyle personal development like I, my mind was just always expanding into what were other people experiencing in life like I always just was intrigued by that wow. so not super fun as a kid yeah. but hey it was fun for me that's all right now <laughs> you watch television as a kid anything other than Oprah or uh, Rachel Ray Rachel that come Ray. to mind fun TV show Saved by the Bell was that a thing when you oh were I love Saved by the Bell we get dressed mm -hmm. to that okay. um, and then there used to be Sailor Moon <laughs> Remember that to, one. Okay. It, it's like a girl show, like girl power, like um, and uh, used to come on like six thirty in the morning, super early. Oh, would wow. come on like kind of before Saved by the Bell, but okay. yeah. <laughs> and Sister Sister. Oh gosh. Oh, that's right. They're still around, right? The they twins? are. Yes. I just came back from traveling yesterday with my best friend, and we spent a week together. We went to like Asheville and went to a winery and all this stuff. And me and her are obsessed with Sister Sister, like still uh -huh. to this day. Um, and so now that they have the new Disney app. Oh, that's we were right. kind of watching some stuff on there. They have like Twitches on there now. So mm -hmm. the, if you're a sister, sister fan. The Maori sisters, right? Yes, T and T Tamara. Okay, yeah. yes. Both married now, so yep, different yep. last names. But I had yeah. one of those. I, I was watching a lot of TV as a kid, and I, for some reason I know their real names more than I know their character names Absolutely. for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, well, ha so it's quite a stretch to get from the shine strategist mm -hmm. from corporate America. How did yeah. you do that? Oh, goodness. Uh, let me see. So I would start 2014. It was the year where I got transferred here to New York. So I, had, I was living in Minnesota at the time. I had been there for 13 months. I was really homesick. I wanted to get back to the East Coast. And, um, you know, you have to kind of live where your clients are so that mm -hmm. you can physically support them. And so if there's not a role there, you can't live there. And so I wanted to get close to Jersey as possible. And I ended up realizing there was a New York role. I did not understand. Like I had not been to upstate New York 
and I literally just took the position because I just wanted to get back to the East Coast. I was like, I'll take it. And I literally like came here, didn't have an apartment and all that and, and found it when I came and stuff. Um, but I was just so excited to get back near family. And so when I got here, you know, I had come from having like 30 clients to having 300 mm-hmm. and I would drive from 287 to here. And it just was, I didn't realize how, you know, physical it was. Um, and at the time, you know, I started dating my now fiance and I realized we were getting serious and I just have a little, you know, biased opinion that, you know, it, it benefits a lot of companies when you're young and you don't have kids because you can move around a ton and me moving every 13 to 19 months. I mean, that's amazing. They could take me wherever they want to go because I'd always wanted to climb the corporate ladder. But once I sat down and really looked at like, okay, but what do I want? I realized that, you know, there was going to be a point where if I wanted to move up in the company, I would have to move again. Um, and with my personal life, that just didn't seem like the best fit. And everything happens exactly how it's supposed to happen because that had been in the back of my mind. But at the time, we weren't so serious. So I wasn't like too pressed on it. But then there was this other moment where um, one of our largest customers here um, sent a raving review. I was 24 at the time, 24, 25. They sent a raving review um, up the up the ladder to like my manager his manager and our director and to the VP. Um, and at the time I was the only woman on our team and I was the only African-American person on our team as well. And that meant so much to me. And he was, he said, you know, she literally is the best consultant we've ever had. And to hear that from someone who's very seasoned in the industry, uh, meant a lot to me. And so, um, I kind of took a demotion when I came here because Mm -hmm. I wanted to be so close to my family. That was a sacrifice I was willing to make. And I knew I'd come back really strong. I, I knew I'd come back and jump jump back really quickly um but it was like three months I had been here and I was like just I was killing it you know and and to hear him kind of share that um I just kind of put together a package and presented it to my manager like hey you know I feel like you know let's have a conversation a little bit earlier about this next level of promotion Mm -hmm. um I took a demotion to get here but look at the things that I'm doing and it wasn't like a you know because people always want to say millennials they come and they're like rah rah no it was here's on black and white paper what I have physically done here's the income that's been brought in the revenue all these things Um, and HR said that's great but on policy we have to wait for you to be here for a year for us to have this conversation and in that moment it did not sit well with me and it might be the little Miss Missy that my grandmother calls me who kind of came out internally I didn't let it come out to them but it got my mind going and I'm actually very grateful for that because in that moment I thought about the little girl I used to be. I was this girl who thought, like, I had deeper questions in school about stuff that other kids were like, what is she talking about, literally? And they would hate, like, sometimes class would end and I still had a question and I would be the kid to ask it. And everyone was like, oh my God, Kira, shut up. But I always had, like, my fifth grade teacher, Miss Matthews, she's, she told, I remember her telling my mom, she's always asking why. And so I just thought about that and just something came over me and I literally, like, one day was in the mirror and I was actually crying and I was like, wow, like, you know, what am I, what is it for me to do next? Is this really where I'm supposed to be? Um, or is there something more? Like I love, love, love my job. I love my clients. Like there's just this connection I have with my clients that I I enjoyed and they enjoyed and they appreciate it. And there was just always this feeling of more, like I'm supposed to be doing more. So long story short, um, 2014, that was when all of that happened. And I just looked in the mirror and I said, you know what? I don't know what it is. I don't know how, I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just got that resilient spirit from when I was younger. And, um, I started an online accessory brand, which might be why you might've thought I was like a stylist. Yes. Yes. Um, because I love style. <laughs> um, and so I started an online accessory brand because 
I like steak. I like sushi. So I knew like being strategic, I'm not going to quit my job, Mm -hmm. but let me see if I can build something else on the side. But I wanted to make sure it was flexible enough that I could still manage my full-time job and still respect that time. And so that's why I went the online route. And when I discovered the online route, I was like, oh my goodness, like, you know, to put into perspective, I'm going to 300 clients, you know, you know, I would say, you know, maybe like 15 to 20 on a given week, I'm visiting weekly. So, and I have to physically go there, but then there's this virtual world where people are meeting with people all over the world and they're not physically leaving their home. Like they're still getting things done and they're actually being more productive and more efficient. And it's, it's, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like there's like this huge opportunity here. And so, um, I actually invested in a retail coach an online retail coach to help me grow my brand. And in doing that, I was exposed to the coaching industry and I was like, this is literally what I do for my clients for General Mills, like, but just in person and just for a different industry. Yeah. Um, as I was being coached by her, and um, immediately I was like, oh my gosh, I should like I should just do this for myself. And so that's kind of how I, at first it was um, me with one brand, and then I created a second brand, and I ran both of them for some time. Mm-hmm. And then as I grew in the coaching space, um, the online coaching consulting space, um, I said, you know, we have to dedicate all of our time to that. And so now I just fully run my coaching and consulting and speaking business, and we've been doing that full time for three years now um so i started my own i got you know i started my online brand in 2014 got really serious in 2015 and then went full-time in 2016 okay so that's my like, way to do it you got <laughs> yeah. some benefits and income coming in so there isn't the stress yeah. of doing oh, it gosh. how did you get your first client your very first client your very first paying client what was it like when yeah. that payment came in it was amazing. Um, my off, uh, my desk was in my living room at the time because I wanted to be near bigger windows. Sure. And um, I got up and I danced around the house and Mike happened to be off that day. And I was like, babe, I just got my first client. And um, he was like, that's amazing. And it was really awesome. And I think back to that time because it took me like, I would have those experiences, but it took me like a few months to really, really celebrate, Uh which I think says a lot that sometimes we just don't stay present and really understand how big this is. But I was, I remember dancing around the house and being so excited with the first client. And then like a couple days later, I got my second client. How did you get the um, first one though? How did she find you? How did that all happen? So because I had had an online presence with my style brand, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were people who kind of already knew me. And I think, you know, it was actually my clients from the accessory brand uh, because I worked with um, entrepreneurs. So basically, I used to help women combine their jewelry and accessories to match their brand okay. for networking events and speaking gigs. And so I was already in the space of with entrepreneurial women. Mm-hmm. And so through conversation, they would hear me talk and I would just kind of say, oh, you should totally do this for yourself. And they would say okay and then I would say it again and then like my clients would tell me like here like you're really good at jewelry but like you be telling me stuff that like really works and you ever thought about going so I was like yeah I did but I'll wait I'm waiting until I built this brand to do that I was waiting and then as I heard that more and more I realized like I had to look within myself and give myself permission to say like no like you can't do this like you don't have to keep waiting and so long story short um what happened was through that um I had a lot of people who followed me through the style brand um and who always still heard me talk about business and so um I just kind of put it out to my my industry 
Um, I didn't worry. A lot of times women, we think that we have to change our entire industry or uh, audience and we have to change our website and we have to do, we have to do a million things to start. And literally mm-hmm. with my style brand, I said, Hey, I'm now offering these services. If that's something that you would like to partake in. And I don't even know how many, call- I just put out like 30 minute free calls, like okay. 30 minute strategy calls. And, you know, through those 30 minute strategy calls, um, I had ha- a handful of women in the first couple of um, maybe like first six weeks or so who um, said, Hey, I, I would like to, to do one. And through that, I got my first couple of clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just, um, you know, what I would say is put your brand out there now. Don't sit and wait. You know, I think that we, you know, I didn't have a website for six months mm-hmm. when I first started my uh, coaching side of my right. business. So put it out there now. Uh, don't wait for you to build the entire audience, you know, make sure your messaging is solid, mm-hmm. you know, please make mm-hmm. sure that's there. Um, but make sure that, you know, if you trust and you know that this is what you should be doing in your heart, go ahead and, and invite people in, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, publicly, or even if it's through word of mouth, like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, call some folks that, you know, you have a network with, Hey, I'm, I'm offering this thing Would this be of service to you. And just, and just have a conversation. I think we overthink sales so much. Sales is literally a true conversation about what it is you need. And here's what I can help you with. And do you want it or not? Like, it's so simple. We make it so hard. You don't have to get it right. You just have to get it going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what some, so many people think they have to have the office, the mm-hmm. website. I mean, in this day and age, my God, I can't be a coach without a, a website, mm-hmm. but you did so far. Just get it going. <laughs> I decided to have this podcast three weeks ago to start this podcast. Oh. I didn't spend a million dollars for microphones and stuff. I have an old iPhone, yeah. a, a dual microphone, and I'm in the podcast business. Yeah. But there's so many people, and it, the, the audio isn't perfect. It doesn't sound like I've got $500 in equipment here, but that's okay. You know, you just take action, and good things tend to happen when, you, when you're out there doing that. Absolutely. I mean, look at YouTube. There are so many YouTubers. I forget her name, but my best friend and I, we were kind of chatting about this, and we were thinking about YouTubers who started, like, five years ago and now they're like you know seven figure earners Mm -hmm. and they literally just started from where they were they didn't have the perfect background they didn't have the perfect camera and and it's not just youtube it's so many things you know even like um there's a girl who owns 216 um uh i'm gonna i don't want to mess up her name but uh she she just catered a brunch that i was at and i believe she started out doing dinners like just offering dinners and then she got one restaurant downstate and then she um started doing catering and now she has another restaurant and it's like just start where you are um, and don't don't overthink it because in that overthinking you talk yourself out of so much and I feel like through the action you learn so much did I make mistakes heck yeah sure. do we all make mistakes heck yes but there's so much that you learn when you take the action versus not like you're not gonna learn anything just kind of twiddling things in your, your journal and you yes. know in your own mind it's so. much easier to steer a moving car absolutely yeah. there we go I love that get it going and make changes as you go yeah but most people are just so afraid to start and you started a great way put something out on Facebook mm-hmm. all the time I'm recommending to people I have a personal finance aspect of my business too and I'm saying you want a great way to earn some money put a thing on Facebook that says you're going to be the online sales agent for people mm-hmm. who want to sell stuff because you know people who's got houses full of stuff barns full of stuff they want to get rid of they don't know how to do all this internet stuff mm-hmm. so just put it hey I want to help you sell your stuff well give me 25% of whatever I sell yeah. and you'd be in business yeah making yeah. a little extra money because people online want to help you mm-hmm. anytime you see somebody ask for a recommendation there's always a zillion of them mm-hmm. you know and you put out I'll do a free 30 minute strategy call and you got business and you're off to the races yeah so it's yeah. just just take a little bit of action every day absolutely you know, a great great example of that yeah. well let's talk about I'd like to when I'm getting toward the end I always like to switch to some fun type questions yeah if you could have dinner with any three people alive or dead who would they be this is such a great question 
Thank and you. I don't want to go because I, I literally... You can get, have five people, six I people. Know, you know. I know, I <laughs> know. I would have dinner with so many people. So um, my answers might be a little deep, but follow me here. Okay. So I would absolutely love to have dinner um, with someone who is from my past lineage. Okay. I don't know who that person is, though. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to trust the universe to help me figure out who that person is. But I don't know if it's my great-grandmother. I don't know if it's her mother. But something intrigues me about understanding the past of, like, just the past thoughts and mindset of um, my past lineage or just someone um, just I'm just really curious and, and interested in that. Uh, we were at the Biltmore this weekend, America's largest house. And I just mm-hmm. kept thinking about that. Like, it's just so cool, like, to just see, um, just understand their thoughts and what they were thinking. So I would say some one from my past lineage, maybe like a great grandmother or something I feel called to. Um, I actually, because I can answer it, say anything I want. Yeah. I actually feel like I would want to talk to like myself in like 50 years. Great. Yeah. Yes. And, um, this is going to sound interesting, but I would absolutely love to, I said someone from the past, I would love to chat with someone from the future of my lineage, like my great grandchildren, Wow. just to, so I guess that covers past, a little bit of present, yes. future, These are great but answers. I just love just understanding, Hey, what are you, what's going on and what are you feeling and what are you thinking and how do things turn out? And, um, I just think that's so cool. I have, um, four journals of my grandfather from 1919 oh to 1922 growing up in Saratoga Springs New York oh my he gosh. was 21 to 25 during this time today is the 22nd he got the Heisman from an old girlfriend today he called her up asked her to go to the dance she said she was going with some other guy uh, and I've got so I have a Facebook page I call 100 Years Later where I talk about what he did and I try to re- replicate what he did but 100 years later oh um, last uh, he worked for a guy who had horses in Saratoga and back in August 100 years ago he made a, hun- a $500 bet on a horse in 1919 that's the equivalent of $7,000 wow. yeah so did I uh, no came in fourth okay and the horse's name The Trump wow <laughs> right 100 years ago anyway we're not going to get on that yeah but but I have that now, and I go through it every day. I look That's at so it, cool. and I see, what did my grandfather do 100 years ago? And you know, I wish he was here just so I had could answer ask all those questions because mm-hmm. he didn't have TV. He mm-hmm. didn't have movies. He was going to the movies all the time, going to the dances yeah. all the time, riding the trolley. Yeah. It would take him eight hours to get to New York City yeah. in that car. Oh, my gosh. I just You can't see me, but my eyes lit up when he was sharing. I think that is so amazing and so cool. And I'll just say this really briefly, but... If, you know, I think entrepreneurship for a lot of us is, is a legacy component, you know, mm-hmm. and I think if there were more of us who actually thought about things like, like even, um, you know, we had, we seen a shirt earlier that um, his girlfriend produces and yeah. it said class of 20 is 36. I was like, oh my gosh, 36. Well, <laughs> but it's the concept of if you live today thinking about what would my child or my grandchild or my great grandchild like how how would they interpret this like I just think that would really change a lot of the actions that we take now and the way that we do things and I don't think we would be as careless and Mm -hmm. and um take things for granted as much um, if we could really think about how am I actually doing whatever I'm doing today to actually prepare for the next generation. I think that would just change a lot of our dynamics and what we do and what we don't do um, 
Yeah, but I just think that's so cool. We could have a whole separate yes, conversation absolutely. about that. And I can always say that, too. Yeah. Uh, my sister, when I turned 50, my sister gave me a birthday card. And one of the suggestions on that birthday card was to write a letter to your 60-year-old self mm-hmm. when I was 50. Mm-hmm. I'm 50. I turned 52 tomorrow, actually. Oh. And I'm, I haven't done it yet, but I want to sit down and write a letter to my 60-year-old self. I, I probably should do that tomorrow. I've been wanting to do it for a couple of years, so I'm getting closer to 60. You should do it every 60. year. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I've decided that I'm going to now update my Facebook picture every birthday. Because, you know, the one I have on there is like eight or ten years old. Uh, So I figured that's a good policy to get into because there's nothing more disconcerting than meeting someone who looks nothing like their picture. Give us some podcast recommendations. So I will be honest. I'm more of a YouTuber. Okay. I'm actually more of a YouTuber. Uh, For me, I love in the morning just kind of searching whatever feels good. I'm a really big fan of Abraham Hicks. Okay. She has the best. um, If you're really into mindset, spiritual work, like she has really great um, just videos that you can pop in and listen to them. Um, And then... What I really, really um, feel called to lately is a woman named Denise Duffield Thomas out of Australia. She mm-hmm. is like known for money, mindset. money, yes. And um, I'm actually in a few of her programs, and I actually in a program with her right now, which we actually had a call last night. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm really intrigued by her. Uh, she's known. She has a new book called The Chillpreneur, and so that's kind of like the audio book that I'm listening to right now. Nice. So I go in phases. I podcast, YouTube videos, audios. I think that they're great. For me, it's more so like every day I'm like wanting something different sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of go and search for like I have like probably 20 books or just different things on my phone of like, what am I in the mood for? What am I Mm -hmm. feeling? What am I wanting? I think so, you know. For listeners, I hate that I'm not really answering the question, but I would definitely say, like, go within yourself and understand, like, what is it that I'm seeking to know today or, or learn mm-hmm. or experience today? And just kind of do a search on YouTube or go on, um, you know, go on podcasts. Obviously, you're going to be having more episodes and just kind of check out what you're feeling today. In so. this area, do you have a favorite restaurant? You've been here for a little oh while. Oh, my now. gosh. I am a huge foodie. Wow. I have too many. Um, if you're in Saratoga, I really, I'm an Asian foodie. Okay. So I love Phyla Fusion. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have really fresh um, sushi. And then I really love, is it Kiana? Yep. They have this lobster and shrimp pasta. Okay. It's so, so good. So if you're up north there, that's awesome. If you are, oh my gosh, if you are like in Troy, it's a very small place. Um, there's a place called Troy's Kitchen that I discovered this in. It's called K-Plate if you like Korean mm-hmm. barbecue. But now they have their own restaurant if you're in Troy. If you're, what do I love in Albany? Oh my goodness. I like Shogun because I like sushi. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I really love... They have a few um, Celadon Thai. There's one in Latham and one in Schenectady. Okay. So I feel so... But there's so many places that I really, really love. But I'm definitely an Asian foodie. I love seafood. Um, But yeah, those are a few places. How about a favorite vacation spot? Anywhere with sunshine, a beach, good margarita. Um, But so places I've physically been, uh, I love Costa Rica. I would live in Costa Rica. Very low cost of living, I heard. Used oh to be a God, so used to be a place they suggest you retire with yes. your American pension because mm-hmm. it's go so far down. There. Yeah, but the, that and because we met a lot of couples. I met a couple. I forget where they were from, but they own like a little shop and um, a husband and a wife. But the people there are so amazing. And this was a place. I mean, you know, I've been to a couple of different places, but this one, like, we trusted the people. <laughs> and I actually was telling my best friend. Um, we probably trusted them a little bit too much, but it worked out. Like we had a tour guide and we just spent the whole time with him and he, we met his family. We met his girlfriend who he's now married. We were, we were telling him like, you need to go and like act out on a date. And now he's like married two years later, he's married to wow, her. Great. And uh, we went to their clubs. Like we really embraced the culture there and we do like mm-hmm. a little girls thing 
Um, but that year I went to the Bahamas, then I went to, well, I went to Vegas, Bahamas, Florida, and then uh, Costa Rica. And I ever, but it's been two years and uh, it used to be Dominican Republic, but now it's Costa Rica. Beaches is what I love. You've given us a lot of recommendations today. Mm -hmm. Give us some recommendations for something you haven't. A TV show, a a book, a movie that you really like. Mm. It could be anything. A recommendation for anything. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, already kind of talked about a book that I'm into right now, which is Chillpreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, What movie or show as far as shows there's so many um i love handmaid's tale on hulu if you're familiar with Mm -hmm. it um and if you're a little bit of a feminist it'll be great for you too (laughs) i'm still in this space because i'm not from here Mm -hmm. of getting to know the area Mm -hmm. so i'm actually really into just checking out like different events and checking out like just different things to do in the area um you know, there's a couple of, like, there's 518 Black, where it shows, like, different cultural events. Um, obviously, there's a ton of events on Facebook. Um, but gosh, yeah, I'm still in a space of where I'm, like, learning the area. Okay. So, definitely check out the foodie recommendations that I, I make, because apparently I'd love to go and check out restaurants. That's all right. But still want it, but I want to get to know other things about the area besides just, like, the restaurants. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Well, Kira Maybe someone Jones. else will come to me. Yeah. Kira Jones, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank I, I you. I appreciate you coming out. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and um, congratulations on starting this. This is going to be really awesome for the area. I hope so. Thank you. podcast in the books. I like Kiera's message of start where you are. Using myself as an example, as I said on the recording, I started this podcast a week after getting the idea. It's not perfect. I don't like the way I sound. I'm sure by the time I get to my 100th podcast, I'll be a much better interviewer than I am now, but I wanted to get it going and I knew the, the power of just getting it going not worrying about what other people might think or how I might sound. I just got it going. So follow Kiera's advice. Start where you are. Thanks again to our sponsor, the referral department. If you're in business, you know the power of word of mouth and referrals. Get a company working for you to bring you more word of mouth and referrals. Get more information at thereferraldepartment.com. Thanks again for listening. And have a great- Oh, 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 oh,